0: All right, everyone, welcome back to episode number 157 of Streamer Thought. And today we start off by, what else, me chastising Victor for not doing the proper things when it comes to getting this podcast out. Which is okay, because he brings up the conversation of dogs, which is something that is near and dear to my heart. And kind of softens my soul as he shares his experience even though it kind of escalates later, but we'll get into that.
1: And speaking of escalation, warfare, what does Rix observe in his backyard that is the Nature Conservatory? We also talk a little bit about video games, a documentary on Netflix called High Score, some things that we learn about our favorite consoles. So, with that being said, episode number 157, A Stream of Thought. We hope you enjoy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: before we get started, I just realized, too, that I hadn't posted the most recent episode. Um, And there was a reason for that, that it was supposed to be posted on, like, Friday or whatever. Um, What the fuck did you do with your audio? Like, I saw the timestamp shit like that. Like, did you clip out stuff? Or, like, what the hell is going on? Because nothing is aligning. It's like, there are seconds that are missing that make it impossible for me to align the audio. And it took me probably about three and a half hours to have to listen through the whole thing because there were those sections missing. And then, it, like, <laughs> what the actual fuck did you do?
1: Okay. Genuinely,
0: like, I'm, like, what so, the fuck actually happened? First, This was insane. Like, I, you have no, like, the fury in my heart I'm trying to suppress right now, but I am mad. I am mad. I was surprised that you didn't uh, – I figured something was going on, but I didn't
1: know what, which is I was – I didn't know why you didn't text me or anything. I was like I I thought maybe you were just overwhelmed between the episode and working and doing things on the list, and so I don't know. Um, the <laughs> – okay, so <laughs> this is – looking back, I didn't realize it, but now that you have brought it up, I can see where there may have been a hiccup. So the timestamps that I that I put in weren't necessarily for, hey, this is the part, this is the timestamp where this audio belongs. I was just giving you the timestamp like, hey, this little chunk of audio starts right here, this little chunk of audio starts right here, this little chunk of audio starts right here. Cause in my brain what I was thinking was if you heard the piece of audio, like, wherever it is, th- you know, whatever it is that I, that I talk about, then you'd be like, oh, that, okay, this little chunk of audio belongs here, this little chunk of audio belongs there. It's, it was never synchronized. It – I just pushed them all close together so that you don't have this huge, long file, and because there's parts where, like, you were talking – where my thing wasn't recording, which in my head, oh, it doesn't matter that I'm recording or not because Rick's is speaking. And then I would – so looking back, I can see now and understand how that might be more of a bigger pain in the ass than planned because I forgot to mention that tiny detail that, hey, these are not true timestamps. These are just timestamps to help you find the little audio slivers.
0: So, I will say, "Um first of all, I am furious. I am first I of am all very, fuck you very, <laughs> okay I am very, very mad, um just generally speaking about this situation, but you are also right in that I had a bunch of other stuff, including trying to stay on top of uh being a responsible person." accountable to one another like we've been doing as well. So, yeah, um, yeah, it wasn't until because I realized, too, I was like, oh, shit, I didn't upload it. Why didn't I upload it? Oh, that's right, because there were still, like, one or two pieces that I could not put together. And just for whatever reason, like, there's a whole storyline that you have from the last episode that just didn't match up with anything along the spectrum. And it was about, you know, two-thirds through. And at that point in time, I'd already spent about two hours on it. Uh, so it's pretty much done. It'll be up tonight. Uh, but, yeah, I... Oh, God, dude. I... Don't ever do that again to me. Do not ever, ever, ever... I, and here's the thing, too. I knew, I knew when I said that I would take on editing this episode, I was going to be asking for trouble, so I put part of that on myself, but don't fucking ever do that again to me. I won't. Ever. here's... I'm really I, will, sorry. I will bounce that back to you and you'll have to edit it.
1: That's fine. That's fine. And, but I'll say this too, in that I – because in my brain, see, had – let's say if it was reversed. if you, If you told me, hey, Victor, if you told me ahead of time, hey, Victor, these timestamps represent where I started the audio again, not necessarily where it is. Knowing that piece in my brain, it would have been like, oh, it's going to be a bit of work, but at least I know that. I just – it never occurred to me to communicate that with you because I just made the assumption that you knew it would not be true timestamps because of how many times we had to stop and we were talking in between when we weren't recording and everything. But also, I knew it was going to be a little bit of a pain in the ass, and which is why I kind of wanted you to do it. But then I thought afterwards, the next day, I thought, "Oh man, I wonder if I should ask Rick. You know, hey, do you want me to do it? You know?" And I thought, uh, "You know, he'll reach out to me if he really needs me to do it. He'll reach out to me."
0: I tend I tend to suffer through those sort of things. You want to know how many timestamps you had for me? Fifteen. Yeah, it was it was twelve. It was twelve. Yeah. So that's that's the, the number of times. So I had to not only listen through it once, but I had to listen to it twice, Sorry. three times, an hour long podcast three times to make sure that all the timestamps were aligned. But you know yeah. what?
1: Also, because I knew part of me also was like, I know that it was, it's going to require more effort than the typical recording. And I've been on top of my shit for getting stuff done, and I already know what my schedule is going to be the next day or two, and I'm going to knock my shit out of the park. And I was like, you know, Ricks has been slipping, so, you know, he can have this one. So it was, you know... Wait, wait, was... I'm
0: sorry. So so because I'm missing deadlines, you decided this would be a great time for well, me here, to try and do that. In all, honesty, in all oh, honesty,
1: no, here's the thing, though. <laughs> I, I did not... I honestly did not know that it would be that big of a pain in the ass. I knew it was going to require just a little extra work. I did not know that it would be that cumbersome and tedious. If I, epi- If I did the episode... Knowing that again that it wasn't a true, I think just knowing if it wasn't a, the true timestamps, it would have been completely different. It was, still would have taken time, but not as much time. But I honestly didn't think to tell you that because I made the assumption that you all
0: would already have known that. Right. Yeah. So it's so a learning experience. We both, experience. Up. We it's, both it's, up. it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> I will say it is better it, it is better than not having the recording work at all. I felt like that. You know, we have still yet to have an episode where one of us fails to record. That's all I can ask for. At the very okay. at the very least is that we have an, a recording to put out, but man, oh man, I cuz I think I think I set it aside cuz it was what I was editing it on. I think it was like uh Thursday, I believe. And yeah, I was just I- like shit, this is taking a lot longer than I thought it would. And then I realized, oh, stuff isn't a lot. Oh, no. Oh, no. And it's not just one. It's like 12 places where the audio needs to be readjusted to align. I was to align. so
1: pissed during that episode. Oh, man. That happened so many times. That's
0: crazy. So so I'm not... I, I have expressed my my whatever. I'm over. <laughs> I'm over it. I'm literally okay. over it. I just wanted to share what what my internal process was when it came to yeah, the little technical well, difficulties. It's funny because
1: yesterday it was either I think it was even today. I can't remember it was either yesterday or today that I checked to see if the episode was up and it wasn't up. And my first thought was, you know what, Rick's is gonna have some explaining to do and I not thinking that I was part of I was a big part of the problem. <laughs>
0: Well and and that's the thing too is that I and that's where my fault comes in too is that I totally just forgot um to go back to it on Friday to finish it up and put it out on Saturday so yeah oopsies <laughs> don't worry these things happen <laughs> these things do happen indeed so what's up man how's it going how's life <laughs> it's been
1: good i was off today and yesterday i went to the i went to the, a different park today than i normally do and uh, I went to this one park in West Hollywood because it's got uh, pull-up bars. Okay. And I go there, and what's nice is there's a tree there that provides a ton of shade. And so there's a bunch of people there, myself and maybe, you know, 12 to 15 other people. Um, and everyone has their own spot. Everyone is, you know, socially distanced. There's enough space, and everyone – people are doing push-ups. They got the resistance bands. pull everyone's doing their own thing, yoga mat and everything. It was kind of nice. I'm going to go there more often. I'd never been there when there was – I think I've been there one other time actually. But anyway, I'm going back and forth between the pull-up bars and then standing in the shade because I'm working in with, you know, two other people at the pull-up bars. And there was this dog there. There was a bulldog there. And it was really cute because it was walking around uh, with with this leash still attached to the collar. And he was just go – to different people and everybody in LA super dog friendly practically children they have just (laughs) as many rights as people, no joke and so anytime this dog would go up to someone if they were in the middle of their workout or whatever they're doing they'd stop, they'd smile, they'd pet the dog and then he'd go to somebody else they'd do the same thing then he came over to me and I would pet him and then I tried to walk away to go to the pull-up bars and he kind of uh, kind of did like this double step towards me like no no don't go away don't go away and so i stopped and i was petting him again then he'd go to someone else and then he to someone, and then it was really cute i didn't i didn't i'd never seen a dog do this before but he had walked up to the drinking fountain and he jumped on it and so he put his paws on the drinking fountain to because he was thirsty he had right. observed that you can drink water from it and so then his owner had come up and lifted him up and pushed on the on the button and he was drinking water from the drinking fountain and then he went back down and then he would just go back again to different people and they would just pet him and the, his two owners were were there I knew who they were I don't know them but I it was obvious that they were the owners and then he would you know wiggle on his back roll around he was just being a happy joyful dog it was great That's
0: wild that I mean truly I yeah that that is crazy that L.A. Um, accepts that sort of animal behavior because I know, like New York. Oh my God, it like you'll go to jail if you do that with your dog. Really? <laughs> like, allow them to go. Well, yeah, no. I mean, and just, like looked down upon. Yes, no. All dogs have to be on leash. All dogs have to, you know, have an owner accompanying them. They can't run around in any park, stuff like that. So. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wild. I didn't actually realize that was a thing where there were certain yeah. cities well, that were – well, at Runyon,
1: when you're running around sometimes – This happened to me uh, yesterday. I was at Runyon, and I'm in this little spot, and this little – It looked like a little – it was this little fluffy dog. I think it was like a Pomeranian or something. It came up to me. It, it's funny because the dogs, when you're at Runyon, sometimes they kind of walk by you, but they don't stop. But this dog came up to me. Entered my personal space and was holding a little tennis ball and then dropped the ball. He wanted me to throw the ball. I'd never even met this dog before. He just came up to me, and then his owner had walked by and was like, "Oh, she wants she wants you to throw the ball." And so I pet her and then I took the ball and I threw it. And then it and then it ran off and chased after the ball. But at Runyon, uh, they have there you can have your dog off the leash, and so. I mean, I don't know. I mean, out here in L.A., you just – you can have your dog off the leash, whatever. I mean, at the parks and everything, and no one cares. People enjoy when other dogs walk up to them. So it's super pet-friendly. I've never been in a place that's more dog-friendly than L.A. ever. That's they, – yeah. They're even allowed at restaurants.
0: <laughs> wow. They're even allowed wow. at restaurants. Yeah, Man. I'm trying to wrap my head around that. I don't think – because I, I, I have not been out to the West Coast – too often, and it's like Midwest, East Coast. No, no, Do- dogs are dogs are that like kind of pro- prohibited um, companion that you you can never bring into public places without certain. But restrictions. I remember going to New York, seeing so many dogs everywhere. They were, but it's People... all highly regulated, all wow. very highly regulated. Because you've got to get the permit for the dog, then you've got to. Make sure that he's always on a leash. You always have to have, like, the the pooper scooper or whatever, you know. the Clean up after the dog. So, yeah. It's nice to see that there are certain places that you can go where, if you're a dog lover, go to California. Go to L.A. They'll embrace it. They love dogs out here, man. That's crazy. I I did not realize that, actually. But I see
1: a lot of... I've seen this several times, and I just roll my eyes and shake my head. And some... Well, first of all, a lot of the dogs out here are little, little dogs, little pipsqueak dogs that I don't care for. I actually am going to make this very clear. I love dogs. I am particularly fond of English and French bulldogs. I like Boston terriers. They look can you explain cute. why? Here's because. Well, part of it is because. They – at least for the Bulldogs is because they're stubborn and they just have a mind of their own and they just do whatever they want and they don't give a shit about what you try and tell them to do. That's why I – because I love the personality that comes with that breed. But here's the kicker. And, the, and then the thing with – okay, so we had a lab. We had a chocolate lab growing up. Loved that dog to death. But dude – Labradors and golden, retrie- golden Retrievers are just so basic, dude. They're just so – I just – there's nothing, basic. in my opinion, special about them. You know, they're just a – what did you say? A nothing burger?
0: Really? Just, I
1: don't feel like they have personality. There's no pizzazz to them. They're just boring-ass breeds, in my opinion.
0: And even even the dog that you grew up with, the Black Lab.
1: No, it's my dog. So, of course, I love him.
0: But also... But he had a personality? You thought, you thought he had yeah, a distinct personality? Yes,
1: but here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. I did not develop this opinion until after... Now, when I was growing up, when I was little, we had a bulldog. And then he died when I was maybe four or five years old. So I don't really remember him a whole lot. Right. But it wasn't until we got the bulldogs again, when, we, when I started high school, that my affinity for bulldogs really took off. So that is when it happened and or not so much but then after the uh it, it probably I probably didn't really notice it until the last few years the last several years so I was like you know what I just love I'm all about bulldogs I just love this breed so much so it's not like it's been this thing this that's been my entire life it's more so been the last few years experiential experiential yes, has exactly yeah, yeah. exactly love dogs uh just love Bulldogs more. Anyway, there are a lot of little dogs out here. A lot of little, like, you know, there are some rats in New York City that are bigger than these dogs. And I just think they're pathetic. But <laughs> what I'm getting at is some of these dogs, I feel so bad for them because some people, they, they dye the hair of the dog. So it's got, like blue ears and like streaks of pink and it's just really They just... they
0: actually do that? You see dogs yeah, like that? Yeah.
1: I've seen this uh, and oh, give man. them really really just
0: Dude, that's it's... that's upsetting.
1: These dude, I don't know how to describe it, dude. It's so fucking weird out here. Well... LA can be so fucking weird, dude. Oh. The relationship people have with their dogs is just
0: well that's the thing too is that so so i i have seen plenty enough sitcoms and like tv shows that kind of highlight that sort of stuff but man the dogs don't have a choice and here you're kind of ostracizing them from the fellow dog community (laughs) because if you're gonna have another dog like what the fuck are you wearing right now i mean like they don't have a choice it's their owners. I know,
1: but it, dude. It's, no, I, it's not sw- fair.
0: It's not fair. Bro, this
1: one bitch would always come into Sprouts with her giant ass Great Dane, and the fucking thing would wear a tutu, and it was a, i think it was a fucking boy, if I remember correctly. This thing would wear a tutu around its waist. It's just so fucking weird out here sometimes, dude. It's Bro. so weird.
0: See, yeah. And then the it,
1: way – you know cer- there are certain dogs that you have to give them haircuts, you know?
0: Yes, right. Dep-
1: sometimes they, you just take trimmers to shave off the hair, you know? Yep. Dude, some of the styles these dogs have, I feel so bad. And they don't know because they're dogs. They don't know any – they like, you know? And it's just – and this bitch that would come into Sprouts would have different tutus for her dog. One would be like pink. Another one would be like a multicolor. It's just – Bro. It's just so fucking weird.
0: So here's the thing, is that for me, it feels like people who do that are very, very selfish. It's like, what meets my own personal needs of what I want to feel like and present, like I'm going to dress my dog up in a tutu, not caring what the dog or the community of dogs around him think of him. It's about me. Me feeling good. I want to feel good. Me, 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 me. And that's kind of when, when I see stuff like that, This is like, how selfish can a person be to actually think that that is an okay way to treat your animal?
1: Like, treat your this. animal,
0: like, with love and respect. Don't fucking make them a mannequin. Exactly. Perfect word to
1: describe them. Fucking mannequins. And I will say this. I do find it cute when people dress up their dogs in, in a dog costume. You know, when you – some they look up – they look like – you know, like for Halloween, they're dressed up as a pumpkin or they look like the UPS delivery man when they walk. And, you know, if you see – that I think is acceptable because it's not a regular thing. It's not like these people are dressing up their dogs out in public and these are their outfits for Monday through Sunday. But, dude, it's – I saw a fucking dog the other day with shoes. What? What? The only – shoes. The the only time I could see that – as being acceptable is if it's super hot outside and they're walking on asphalt, which I'm going to go ahead and say, then it's too hot to walk your dog.
0: Although I will say, I will say our family does have booties because in Chicago, you know, it gets down into the negatives. Yes. I would say that. Yes. We've got the booties. And so like, if somebody has a stylish way to put stuff on their dog's feet that, you know, I have no objection to that. But if it's just for aesthetics, and it's yes. just for the looks. Agreed. And yeah. just for, to make you feel good personally about, I got a classic dog, you know, I got I got this classy, dressed up dog. Like, yes, no, that's not, that's not okay. But, The other yeah.
1: thing that I was going to say was if you're walking your dog on, you know, downtown or Hollywood Boulevard, you know, it's super grody and gross. Which, eh, me, personally, then I would just, you know, wash my dog's feet when I got home. Right. Because, Hollywood Boulevard could be really gross. But it's just uh, – there was something else that I was going to mention about dogs. I got the shoes. I got the haircut. I got the the costumes, the colored hair. Uh, oh, bro, get this. You're not even going to – I saw this in a movie. And so I saw – I think <laughs> So it's the obviously, beginning of... yes. Yeah. No, ahead, I, I think this is at the beginning of the movie – uh, Dickie Roberts, former child star, where he's in L.A., and you see a woman walking down the street, and she has her children on leashes, and a dog is in the stroller. Bro, I've seen dogs in strollers.
0: Yes, I believe that. I've... I
1: have seen dogs in strollers.
0: I've seen that, too. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's less offensive. I mean, it like it's not... It's not hurting the dog. Like, I have no fucking clue what they're doing, actually having their dogs and strollers. But, you know what? It, it, it is not going to hurt the dog. At the very least, the dog's going right. to have a nice little ride. Like, I'm not going to judge Maybe
1: you're out that. all day long. A lot of people walk everywhere. Maybe you're out all day long running errands. The dog get t- gets tired. You know, you can I put understand. it in the stroller, give it some yeah. shade. I get it. But the shoes and the haircuts and the dyed pink and neon blue and neon green hair and the fucking tutus and I just – I'm just distraught. I don't know what to think of it.
0: I – so I am like – man, I'm – I don't know if this is necessarily the case, but I, I do find myself as a animal lover. I do love animals, and that's probably because it's the environment that I grew up in. So it is difficult for me to see grown adults not appreciating the value of life the same way that they would for another human being with their pets. It's like, would you want to put your children through the same thing of, of dressing up, you know, your... Your little toddler child in a tutu, you know, the, your your little boy in a tutu walking him out on the street because it made you feel good kind of thing. I don't know. I, I don't know what goes through their head when they do that sort of stuff. But in regards to animals, and this is kind of a, a shift, but I was always a cat person growing up. I always preferred cats because we had the most amazing cat when I was growing up. Like he was like a dog. Basically you could call his name and he'd come. And that was something that kind of stuck with me where it's like, man, I'm like, I thought I was a cat person. And then we got a dog. We got, uh, we got Snoopy, um, who I think passed away. Oh gosh. It was while I was in, uh, seminary. So 2014, I believe six years ago ish. Um, but yeah, I was like, man, uh, after, after you get a dog and you understand the love that a dog will give you and a cat will not give you because we've got another cat <laughs> as well, it's like, oh, not all cats are like this. And, in fact, dogs are very loving. So mm-hmm. I was like, hmm, yeah, okay. I, I'm kind of split right now. I like both cats and dogs, but I also know that cats can be little bitches. Like, they can they can be pains in the ass. And I did not cut, experience that growing up, so... I don't advice. know. You never, and you just, never had a cat, though. You never, you've never had a cat.
1: No, but I like. I don't mind cats. I like them.
0: I like mm-hmm. little kittens and
1: cats. But I want to, real quick going back to the dog thing because I want to reiterate to people, to everyone out there, my the totem pole of my love slash respect for dogs. At the very top, you have English and French bulldogs. Right underneath that, you have. Boston Terriers and uh, maybe, and a couple other small dogs that are, uh, that are voracious in their personality. Then all the other dogs, all other types of dogs right underneath that. Then underneath that, I, and those are all dogs that I like. Right? English French Bulldogs. Then you got your Boston Terriers and a couple other little types of small breeds I don't know the name of. All other dogs. Big fan. And then with the, like the Golden Retriever and uh, the Lab and like one or two other breeds, I'm just like, I don't think there's anything special about these dogs. I just, eh, nothing burger. And then underneath that are the little dogs, little tiny dogs that are just yappy. And just don't shut the
0: fuck up. <laughs> yes. My, my, my categorization falls into nice and friendly dogs and mean and biting dogs. Those are like the two two categorizations that I put. If it's a dog that's going to be nice to me and lick my hand, I will like them. If it's a dog that's going to bite my hand or, you know, attack my dog, I'm not going to like it. Like, that's kind of the differentiation, and it doesn't, it isn't relegated to a particular breed for me. So, all dogs have the possibility of being nice. It's just a matter of, uh, yeah, how they're trained and who their owners but, are. But here's
1: <laughs> my, my uh, dog, Cheerio, he doesn't like other dogs, but he he doesn't like them. When they get close to him and try and smell him, he's fine. If they're just chill, if the, he's, he's kind of his, his default setting is kind of just, you don't bother me and I won't bother you. But the moment another dog will try and come up to him and like start smelling his face or your butt or whatever, he'll bark at them for them to get away. And my mentality is the owner, like, yeah, bitch, step off. No one said you can fucking get in his personal space. Get the fuck out of here. That's my mentality. Right. But, uh, I think it's also because we've noticed he can't see very well directly in front of him. So it has oh. to do with fear too. It's like I, you're, I, yeah. he can see, he knows, yeah. he can sense that you're, see you, that you're in front of his face, but he, he can't see very well, which is why he's like, get the fuck out of here because he, it's out of fear. But right. Yeah, man. There's just so many dogs out there. It's like, you're a waste of a dog.
0: <laughs> but I like. Swoop. Wow! I like pogo. Oh, bold statement I, right there. I, I feel like, like that's no, the title of our episode. You're a waste of a dog. Some <laughs> they're
1: just like uh, they're just
0: dumb. I I don't know, dude. I don't know how to explain it. They're just. it you know what though. You know what though. It all comes down to the owner. The owner can really make a dog or break a dog. And those shitty dogs, probably because they have a shitty owner. That's my philosophy. That's true. And I I don't know,
1: I I guess, I guess thinking about it, I do like all dogs, but if you're a lab or a golden retriever or some other breed that I'm not impressed by, you know, you, you're going to have to do a few extra things to make me like you. Whereas other dogs, I immediately like you. Whereas those breeds, I'm just kind of like, all right, show me what you got. You're on the clock.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Bro, that that is fair. That is fair. Uh, speaking, by the way, I don't know if you had anything else kind of to add to that. Speaking of nature and just creatures acting in certain weird ways, I had a weird experience. So I've talked about the birds and the bees in our previous episode, as well as our raccoon friend and our fox and all these other creatures and critters that are going around. The thing I have not mentioned are ants. Ants that are very common. We have, it's kind of weird because in our lawn, you know, you'll walk across the grass and you'll see just these, these mounds that just pop up over the time of various ant colonies, stuff like that. The strangest thing happened to me, I think it was a couple of days ago and going down onto the patio of my parents house there was there was like this river of red and i was like it, it was very clear that they were ants or whatever moving across like what what is going on right now and i looked down and they look like they're red ants and i don't know if you know anything about red ants carnivorous I know
1: they're Their bite is extra stingy, right? They will
0: decimate other ant colonies and steal their eggs and stuff like that. And so I'm looking down, and not only are these red ants just a cascade, a river of red ants coming across, they have eggs in their mouth. Like, they have little, little eggs in their mouth. And so... My, uh, I asked my parents, I was like, what, what, what is going on? Because it, it just seemed to be this constant flow of ants. And then as they were coming out, the flow ended. And so we followed them all the way around the, the side of the house and tried and figure out where they were going. But, man, I was... I was thinking to myself, because they said, oh, well, they could just be moving homes. And like, they have eggs, they have larvae in their mouth. They just raided, they just raided another anthill. It's like, I, I have never seen that sort of mass migration of hundreds and hundreds of ants just going across with eggs in their mouth. And it was gone after about five minutes. That was all it took. And I happened to step out. Right when uh, that was taking place, it's like never seen something like that. How voracious? Because there are other like black ant colonies and stuff like that that pop up around, and I think that there was one in the area that they were coming from because it looked when I went to try and survey the area they had come from, it looked as though like a mini like ant nuclear bomb had gone off. It was just pfft, everything was just destroyed. I was like, whoa,
1: that yeah, is ants are wild.
0: That is, that is devastating.
1: Ants. I read somewhere that in the animal kingdom, the, the only animals that wage war against one another are human beings, ants, I believe chimpanzees. Yes, and there yeah. might be, and there might be one other type of animal.
0: Yes, you are you are correct and about that. Yeah.
1: Every other of the hundreds of thousands of species that are out there, those are there's you know five or less. I don't know, a handful that will go out of their way to not. I'm not, and I'm not saying
0: like. Yeah, just war. No, it <laughs> it well, war. no no no, and and that's the thing too is that it it is straight up war. Like literally, they develop strategies and they develop a game yes. plan to actually accomplish the goal of destroying the people who they are waging war on. Like yeah, that's what I was yeah.
1: I was about to say it's not just. I couldn't figure out what to say. It was, it's not just an attack. There is planning and technique
0: that goes in that goes behind the attack. And in all cases, humans, apes, and ants, asymmetric warfare is just fine with them in their own circumstances. They're fine destroying somebody who is weaker than them because it means they win. They get they get yeah. their stuff. But it's planned, and it's crazy to see. I don't know if you've seen any of the, um, like youtube explanational videos on how ants wage war or like how chimps wage war and stuff like that and bro i know they have it tools is, i
1: know they'll sharpen tools and use rocks and shit for chimpanzees dude, but i've never heard really anything about
0: ants strategic it is strategic they are like they have a game plan and they they operate as a unit and it's just it it is remarkable to see how that's kind of replicated in various different environments, so yeah, I, once was like, saw, I thought it was really
1: cool. I was, I don't know where I was. I was at a park or something, and I noticed these two insects on the ground, kind of moving around in a strange pattern. I take a closer look, and it was two two different ants that were attacking, that were fighting each other. There were no other ants in the area, but just these two ants somehow cross paths and were fighting one another one of them was bigger than the other one but i'm watching i was watching this ant fight for 15 minutes and then i think it one of them finally killed the other one but i i'd never seen that before i'd never seen two ants fighting
0: one another like you actually saw the can you can you recall what that what that battle was like if they were just biting at each other or what? I mean that I've never seen that either.
1: It was so one of them it was like they kept trying to bite one another with the mandibles, and one of them I think got hold of so like with their mandibles they were attacking each other and then one of them they had like pinched onto each other's mandibles right right and they were locked in and they were locked and they were just kind of like moving around moving around moving around unlock kind of going around each other lock mandibles again then kind of moving around moving around moving around and it was i don't know this was like 5 years ago i i can't remember if i i don't know what happened i don't it, one of them it didn't get its head Decapitated, but i I remember it just like curled up all of a sudden and died. I thought it was weird.
0: Damn, isn't that so? Isn't that like a perfect representation of the human experience too? Is that like we're doing all the shit to each other and just wait until like COVID comes in or aliens come and invade the planet? Like (laughs) we're we're tearing off each other's heads, and all all it takes is a foot just to. Squash us down.
1: I remember watching that ant fight thinking, like, look at you guys. You're putting so much effort into fighting each other, each other.
0: Or you You could end that all right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and that's the thing, too, is that you could end that all right now, despite them, them being so engaged in that environment, not realizing the death from above was entirely possible as well.
1: Oh yeah, I wasn't gonna do that to them though. I, I know you weren't, but
0: still, like the mortality of you know, we're so we're so caught up in the moment, which I feel like Right. Bro, yeah. yeah.
1: At any moment aliens can just destroy planet Earth. Yeah.
0: We don't we we don't need aliens for that. We've got each other.
1: Dude, have you um been uh so I'm guessing you still have not watched The Last Dance, but there's another documentary on Netflix now called High Score. It's about the emergence of video games. Have you heard of that?
0: No. That actually sounds it's like cool. something that I'd be they talk interested about, in watching.
1: They talk a little bit about Pong and Atari and then how Atari faded and then the birth of Nintendo, the competition it had with Sega. I just finished that episode. But oh, it's pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, because I know, like, with with video games. Anyway, I know that the general history is one where there was a a um initial push to have video games included, but then there there was a collapse in the industry, and it seemed like it would doom all video games. I think it was in the seventies. I want to say. Where it was this, this collapse, there was bankruptcies, and there were companies that just went out of business that were trying to do the prototype video game stuff that we know today. And so it ended up going quiet for about five to, five to seven years, I want to say. And then there was a renaissance, and I forget what game it was, but there was a game that revitalized the entire gaming platform. That revitalized the entire gaming industry because it was all based off of a, kind of a shaky entrepreneurial experience from a couple different mega donors that created these video game platforms and didn't work didn't work at first, but then came back on the second go after the the decline and the bankruptcy of, of several different gaming corporations.
1: That. I don't, well, I'm sure that's true, but they never talked about that in the doc- documentary. I think yes. they focused more on the platforms rather than the whole history. I don't know. But I know with Atari – well, there was Pong, and then Atari came out, and the whole thing with Atari was that you didn't need to buy – so, for example, Pong, you buy Pong, and that's all you play is Pong. And they, Atari, um, they eventually – I think it was – they were able to you were able to change out cartridges so you could play different games but then what happened was they came out with too many games and it was not enough quality it was too much quantity and not enough quality people became disinterested and then Nintendo came along with Donkey Kong oh that's right because they start with the arcade they start with the arcade um the big arcade boom too and they talk a little bit how when people started buying game consoles they're like they weren't similar to that of the arcade experience, so people became disinterested or something. But anyway, I didn't know that Nintendo was a card company, and then they created Donkey Kong, and then Universal sued Nintendo for the use of Kong, saying that it infringed on King Kong, and there was a huge lawsuit. And this guy, uh, I think his name was John Kirby, was hired to... Um, represent Nintendo, and he eventually was able to show, like, hey, actually, Kong is not... It's not an infringement on King Kong, because here in Japan, they use Kong on everything. They use, like, this ape to sell all these different things, not just video games. Anyway, that's how the creation of the Kirby character came about, because Nintendo wanted to create a character based on the guy that saved them from fucking being completely demolished as a company that's why he's pink because it was like just this white guy representing this japanese company and uh they named him kirby because his name was john kirby
0: i so and, and if they
1: lost that lawsuit then who their mate there would never be a super nintendo N 60 that none of that ever would have happened
0: I cuz I remember back in oh what was it it was uh back in junior high that I don't know if you remember yeah no I, we've talked about this before where I ended up writing a book for um Super Smash Brothers
1: I did not hear this
0: You didn't hear this so I was no. friends with um Mark uh Baikowski if that name yeah, rings a bell yeah, yeah joe zagroba and yes. obviously danny thompson and the four of us in junior high were like the best of friends and it was like the four of us and so both mark and i worked on a book together and i ended up finishing i i wrote like three of them and it was about the super smash brothers and so obviously mark was pikachu and Uh, Joe was, oh God, I forget what Joe was, but I was Kirby. I was Kirby because I could, I could both suck up and absorb the stuff around me as well as turn into a brick, which was always kind of a a little fun thing. But yeah, I was like, oh man, that is, that is a very reminiscent memory in my mind. And I'm looking right now to try and find if it is in fact, uh, actual John Kirby who had I think created... that's what
1: his name was. I know it was Kirby. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember what his name was, but yeah. favorite character, check favorite it, character, man. Check it out. Yeah. Oh, I would always go. I would switch off between Kirby and Link,
0: and Pikachu. <laughs> I would have phases where
1: I would always go with one of those players. One of those characters.
0: Yeah. It was was between Kirby and Samus for me for Smash Brothers.
1: Samus was good. Love Samus. Trying to think who else was there. I remember when that game came out, I was just like, man, I've never experienced any other game like this before. Like, yeah, there's fighting games, but this is so cool that all these characters are in this game and that there are all those different levels.
0: And it, it wasn't about it wasn't about the character it was about your personal skill. You could use the skills of particular characters to like win the game if you knew what that character stood for and could utilize those components in the best way possible. It's like it's skill it's it's straight up skill versus um, just having the right gear or having the right players or whatever the case was. you could you know make it work.
1: They talk about in the uh, in the documentary how much video games meant to people because unlike sports, video games, everybody start th- starts at the same level. You know, if you, you could like football, but maybe you're not big enough or you're not athletic, then you can't play football. But with video games, it didn't matter if you were, you know, boy or girl, tall or short, skinny or fat. Everybody started at the same level. And they... Talk a little bit about, uh, they interview a couple people. One guy who won like a Nintendo championship and another guy who won like a Sega Genesis championship, world championship. But it's cool. It makes me want to play with the old platforms again. I never was into Sega. I always did Nintendo.
0: Nintendo, man. First gaming platform and the thing I stuck with <coughs> basically throughout the whole thing. But did you ever
1: what did you have growing up? Cuz we got Super Nintendo when I was maybe 7. That my, was my first one. Super the fir-
0: the first gaming platform I ever bought it was my most expensive purchase back in like high school was the N64. So, and by the way, I will say it was after John Kirby. Kirby was named after the lawyer yeah. who defended and yep. Uh, yep yep the nintendo platform from a copyright claim from somebody else and so they did him the honor of making him a permanent character in the universe of nintendo gaming amazing pretty that's cool that's awesome that's freaking awesome
1: and then they interviewed too the guy who created mario like that's so crazy like, oh i'm the creator of mario
0: Oh, yeah. I hate him. I it's went. wild. The renaissance. So interesting. Yes. The renaissance of gaming, truly. But it's cool.
1: Yeah, I started with... We had Super Nintendo. Then we got N64. Then after that, we got regular Nintendo from... I don't know, one of those game stores. We got regular Nintendo for a little bit. Got GameCube. And then I... I don't know about my brother, but definitely me. I was, like, upset because I was pissed that GameCube was more, in my opinion, it just felt like it was more for kids, because at that time, PlayStation 2 had come out, and Grand Theft Auto was, like, the fucking coolest game I had ever seen in my life. Grand Theft Auto 3 for PlayStation 2, because Grand Theft Auto and Grand Theft Auto 2 were still 2D mapping, whereas... Grand Theft Auto 3 on the PlayStation 2 was a 3D map. And I was just like, whoa, this game is awesome. And I was pissed because uh, Nintendo just had, like, these kiddie games. I wanted something that – I wanted violent games. I wanted shooter games. And like, <laughs> Game GameCube had, like, James Bond and other stuff, but nothing like Grand Theft Auto.
0: Oh, that, was, was, that was a whole different I, – I will say my one memory of the transformation of what gaming was – was I think it was Madden, like one of the first three D Madden games that had come out. And I was over at a friend's house and their dad walked in. He's like, I didn't realize there was an NFL game on right now as he was looking at us playing the Madden football game. He was just like, Wait, there there there's a team playing right now? I was like, No, this is a video game and then he he stood there for like another minute and his mouth just dropped open. He's like I didn't realize that technology did this. (laughs) And it it was crazy to see the transformation of, yeah, something like that. They talk about
1: Madden. They talk about the guy who created Electronic Arts because he was convinced, you know, he wanted to start a sports game and he knew football. And he actually met with John Madden and he's like, you know, I'm thinking – Like seven on seven, and John Madden's like, no, it's got to be 11 on 11. Seven on seven isn't real football, because John Madden was afraid of flying. They flew from Denver to Oakland, and for two and a half days, he was just picking his brain, picking his brain, picking his brain. They didn't have the technology available to really do what they wanted to do, but they ended up doing it anyway, and they ended up, I think it was first for the Apple computer, the first Madden game. But then the dude who created the madden game um he had created electronic arts that company and then they went on to create all these other sports games it's really cool and they talk about in madden how they had to where before they were mentioning how yeah we needed to create a real football game one that felt like football And she's like i didn't want to create something that was pong and try and and try and sell it as tennis you know and so they talk about the complexity of having to make the game and then they end up making it and it was another step forward in the video game realm
0: well and and that's the thing too is that because i was you know i played football from junior high all the way through college and it was it was NFL Blitz on the N64 Where you could just blow people away. And it was so unrealistic. But it was so much fun that my brother and I, back in junior high and high school, we would literally have championships where we would have teams and we would just play each other. And literally record the scores of the games. Just how many points we could rack up and stuff like that. The most incredible experience, but the most unrealistic experience. And then Madden comes along. It's like, uh well, shit, okay, you know, that kind of erases all of our illusions of being able to throw people into the air and, like, slam people into the ground yeah. and go go into your beast mode or whatever they called it back then, you where turn you on just fire. turn it's on like the fire, on fire and you just blasted through everyone. It was that, I have to say, is probably one of the most enjoyable experiences that will never be replicated in the future because everything's now so realistic.
1: Well, my brother and I, we rented Blitz from Blockbuster, and we bring it home. We're like, what the fuck is this? First and 30? Like, we didn't like it at first.
0: First and 30, and then, I know. And then
1: we loved it. And then we loved it, and we couldn't stop
0: playing. I, I Such still a great game. I still believe that my brother and I have that, like, notepad that we wrote down, the wins and losses for each of us, somewhere hidden in some of the storage of my parents' place. So, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to uncovering that at some point in time. But, man, oh, the good old days. The good old days when reality was kind of still... I know. ...integrated. Now, I don't,
1: it's so weird to think that... Uh, I mean, I remember going to Blockbuster and figuring out what like, games should we rent. It's so weird Dude. that that's not... Our, there is a... Actually, there is a video store. I think still, when I... I checked it out a few years ago. I don't know if it's still there, but... Uh, I. Think it's called. I don't know. It's maybe Family Video or President Video. I don't know. It's off of.
0: It's off of President Street and we. It's still there. Like yes, Roosevelt still and there. President. I, I know what you're talking about. It's Family Video. Have it's Family Video.
1: Yeah. The, you know, like a, I don't know, like a twenty-six inch, twenty-six inch tube television in the corner, where they would sometimes play movies. And you walk in, and it's like a blast from the past. Whoa, VHS tapes. Whoa, DVDs. This is so cool.
0: And you heard about the uh, the last blockbuster in America, right up in Alaska? Uh,
1: was it they turned it into an uh, Airbnb or something like that?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was that. There was that article going around. It's like, oh man. Well, so you know, is it
1: an Airbnb until further notice, or they just did it for? A little bit I and mean, whoever wanted to I don't, would pay I an
0: exorbitant d- amount of money. I don't think it's actually an Airbnb. I think it's uh like a like it's still block blockbuster, quote unquote, um that people can rent out and they've turned it into kind of a like an Airbnb thing, but it's not Airbnb. So yeah. yeah. I got you. It's like damn, good good for them for keeping the memory alive because my god, like that was our lives growing up back in fucking junior high school blockbuster videos. Good for them for not buying Netflix, because then Netflix wouldn't have turned into what it is now. <laughs> they fucked up big time. You remember, you remember too. Netflix, N- Netflix was uh, competing with the uh, Redbox. It was like the, the two of them, Redbox and Netflix. Well, I remember thinking when
1: Netflix was advertising, you know, for, you know, whatever it is, for $6 a month, you can... You know, rent as many DVDs and games as you want. And when you are done, just send it back, and we'll send you another. One. I'm like, who the fuck is gonna, who's, who is gonna wait around in the for the mail? There's a video store right down the street. I can just go to the video store. I remember Adaptation, seeing man. advertisements before it was Netflix, and it was just yep. mailing in DVDs and games back and forth.
0: The good old days. Yeah, the good old days. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, man, this is one of the, uh, I think this has been a longer episode than we've had in the past. I don't know. I don't have anything else. Time flies, dude. I can't believe how much time passed. Whoa,
0: I can't believe that was an hour. Holy cow. <laughs> right? It did not seem like that. Holy cow. I did not realize that we'd been talking that long. Time flies Good. when you're having fun. Time flies when you're having fun episode number 157 of stream of thought yeah 157 until next time peace